Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said. It's your host, Mr. Pick Six, and your co-host, EP The Truth, in the house. We're in the house, we're in the building. It's Thursday Night Vibes. We're ready to get it cracking and keep y'all up to date with the hot news and hot topics, what's going on in the world and in the sports world. What's up, big dog? What's up, man? What's going on in your world, bro? Man, you know, we're just chilling, man. Another day, another dollar. You know, right. we're blessed to be here and talk to the people, man. And talk to... Did you make it to the combine, brother? No, not yet. It, come... it just started today. So I it probably need to get there. Yeah, it started today. So I probably, it lasts five days. So nobody's there yeah. the whole time unless you got a specific player you're going to negotiate with. But I'll probably get out there either tomorrow or Saturday. It's cold, man. It's yeah. 20. Listen, I'm going to keep it real with you. I know I'm an agent and I got responsibility, right. but it's 20 degrees in Indianapolis right now, brother. So <laughs> maybe to go back to being warm tomorrow, hopefully. I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's cold. So I got to go exactly when my eight, when my uh, clients are there or something. Like I can't just be popping right. up, chilling and shit. That's I got some nah, business you- going on. Hey, hey, efficient, baby. Working smarter, not harder. So that's what we're working on. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man, let's get into this thing, man. McCole Hartman, man. Y'all ain't heard the news. It was alleged that he's leaked his game plan to two different opponents, the Chiefs and the Eagles. You know, we know he played for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And he uh, so he was drafted to the Chiefs, signed as a free agent to the Jets after four years of playing with the Chiefs, then was traded back to the Chiefs after leaving the, after a couple of games with the Jets. And we all know he uh, ended the season with the Super Bowl touchdown catch and, you know, had all the glory, did all the great things. And and now he's getting a lot of backlash. Things are coming out that doesn't look so good. And this could be one of the – this is probably one of the worst things you could ever do as a player, teammate, coach, et cetera, at an organization. Everyone on the team been working hard for six months or uh, damn near a year mm-hmm. to try to win, right? And then you find out your teammate – Leak the game plan. Right. How does that make you feel as a player, ex-player, right. a part of the staff, anything? Man, it, it, I guess as a player, as an ex-player, right, it makes you feel violated. Like, bro, you really was against us when you were supposed to be for us. But it's a little backstory <laughs> to it. It's a little backstory to it. So yeah. they say he was in the dumps, right? Like when a player gets in the dumps, that means started off his career, winning i think he won a super bowl with the chiefs before he got over there to the jets got traded off probably felt unworthy at the time so when he gets in the dumps he's sad and there's no excuse though but his idea was i don't care you know i i i'm trying to figure this out maybe you know mm-hmm. why would he leak it to the eagles though if he's playing with the jet why would he leak it does he have a homeboy there was he just yeah, it was, it, was, it was supposedly a Georgia connection or something like that. It was uh, some friends, like, I assume that they all from Georgia and it was a Georgia connection. Like you say, he was frustrated, upset. So he felt this was a way to get back at the team. Whoever. Whoever. <laughs> that's whoever, the best like, <laughs> like, what are you, who, who do you feel you're getting back at? Like, you feel like because you, things didn't work out, you don't even get a good contract, or they, they didn't want to sign you back, so I'm going to leak the game plan. Your brother was just sitting next side to you, aside from you, and y'all were just talking about winning the game, uh, being right. great, talking about how, how we can turn thing around, things around as, as just jet. And now your brother found out you leaked the game plan. Right. Right. You possibly may be blackballed from the NFL. This is how serious that is. It's a chance that this may go down as one of the worst, um, the worst displays of professionalism ever going ever happening in in the NFL. Right. And when and when this goes through the ropes and and the ranks and Roger Goodell and so on and so forth. There are going to be some key decisions that need to be made about this. Right. This because this is this is a this is putting a, this is hurt this is putting a hurt on the game most definitely. Well, let me ask you this though: Is it mm-hmm. that bad, right? Morally, right? Say if I'm not playing, right? I'm not playing, but I'm on the team, and I'm right. at a team that I don't even like, 
and Asante Samuel is coming into town, right? And I'm like, hey boy, hey boy, you better get ready. Gonna run some go routes on you. Is that is that bad? Like, is uh, you my boy? We 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 been through it. I'm right. uh, hey bro, they gonna run some go routes and dig. So you better be ready because they coming for you. Like, I, I, is it, is I, it that bad? But like you, but it it's levels to everything we do in life. And it is obviously the extent of leaking the game plan has to be much deeper than just, hey, man, they about to come at you and run some go routes that, you know, that that's going to go on. And you can't really stop that. It seems like this is deep, deeper than football. Like you actually presented a game plan, different plays to the opponent. And hey, they're like, here go your playbook, bro. This is what we're doing this week. <laughs> hey, this is what we're doing, bro. I don't care about them people, man. Hey, hey get the game plan. Here you go. Like as an ex as an ex cornerback, and you telling them our coverage really don't really matter to me because you know it is what it is. But yeah, it does matter. God damn it, it does fucking matter. Like you know, I'm about to steal this pick. I'm about to you know I got the great coverage called, and then I'm about to steal this pick, and then the quarterback know that I'm in the certain coverage, and he decides not to throw it. Hell yeah, I'm upset. Like it's no way around that. This is oh I got you. You know what I mean? And then. I, you're trying to keep the uh thing. I just keep keep getting the goddamn word about the about the about integrity. Yeah, integrity. Yeah, right. How do you keep the integrity of the sport? Mm -hmm. If 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 the betting, uh, anybody sponsorships, anyone find out that this is going on and being allowed in the NFL. This will really put a hurt in and and a black eye on the on NFL in the NFL. I don't know now, how. You, huh? Have you ever not faced it, but in your career, multi years, have you ever came to a situation to where maybe one of your homeboys like, hey man, what what y'all doing over there at the Patriots this week or something? And you was like morally like, well, I ain't telling you that, even though it's just say if it's like like your boy like Benny Sapp back in the day. Yeah, right? he played with the Vikings and. Y'all want to play each other. And he asks you something. Do you be like, nah, bro, I ain't going to steal the beans on that? Or do you be like, well, just get ready to play? Or how does that personal conversation go? Or is that different from what you're saying as far as giving a whole playbook? Right. Like you said, it's different levels. It's the extent of, of the game plan leaking. But, for example, me and Easy Cheese. Like I say, my dog and y'all heard me talk about Easy Cheese in the, uh, the Patriots Marathon. If y'all didn't see it, go click back a couple of videos and y'all can check it out. Easy Cheese, when he left Patriots and he went to the uh, Washington Commanders, he would call me before we play. Hey, bro. Hey, hey, bro. I told him to go at you, but they scared. They don't want to go at you. Hey, they know better, son. Bro. They, they scared of you over here, boy. They ain't, they ain't want to throw at you today. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's telling me stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, or or I don't know who was on the other team or something. You know, maybe like, hey, hey, we coming at you today. We coming at you. We running go routes. We running stop routes. We running double moves. <laughs> yeah, that's just competitive talk. Right, 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 but right, right. when you actually leak the game plan, you know the first three. You know the first four defensive uh, calls of, of, the, of the of the script, and right. and you just lighten us up. And we we don't understand why we practice so hard. We believed in the game plan. We executed everything in practice, and it was working perfectly. And now we get right. to the game, and we don't understand why nothing is working. Right. That is going to take the morale out of everybody on the team, and right. those are fighting words. I don't understand. Right. Like maybe, maybe uh, because it's over with and 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 done, you know, and it, and it's like you know, hindsight is behind us. But if you find this out in the middle of the season while this happening, that, these are fighting words. These are right. extreme measures that needs to be taken. And leaders on the team, I don't see how people like like my big dogs from from. From, from New England, Willie McGinnis, Mike Vrabel, somebody leaked the game plan. Right. I, I'm telling you, it, it was going to be very bad repercussions if it was found out. You know what I mean? But that, that's uncalled for, man. Last hey, thought. Well, Go ahead. Well, well, yeah, I got one more for you. So I kind of, not like you said, it's different levels, but it was a funny thing that I kind of went through with that because I was feeling kind of like what we got going on. Give you an example. When I was with the Jacksonville Jaguars back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. We sitting there watching film. And, you know, my boy, D-Tackle, shout out, Marcus Stroud, D-Tackle. Right. So we preparing, going over the game plan. So Marcus laid back, and we watch it. He was like, we got the Chicago Bears, right, this week. 
So he looked, and he was like, number 70, Steve Edwards, UCF. He's like, hey, EP. I'm like, yo, ain't that your homeboy? <laughs> yeah, that's my roommate in college. Boy, I'm about to tear him up this week. Boy, I'm about to give it to him. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I got you. But I see what you're saying because it's like, I'm not I'm not over here like, hey, Marcus, he got a hard time covering the inside move or something. It's just a competitive background. It's a competitive right? thing. It's and you might call game. you might call Steve and might be not even intentionally about to want to talk about the game. And it comes right. up and you might just say, Steve, hey boy, Mark Strauss said he's gonna whoop your ass this week. And yeah. right. And he's gonna be like, Yeah, he said that. Okay, watch what, what blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Right. And, that's right. not leaking the game plan. This right. is very serious. And then you see Sauce Gardner, the punter, everybody came out and, and spoke about it. And hey, man, we're going to see how this uh this right. pans out. And we'll we'll continue to cover it and, and see what happens. But McCoy Hartman, right. man, that is that is the worst backstabbing, snakish shit you can ever do in life, brother. No one will trust you no more. No right. team, no executive, no head coach. Even if you're on the team, you still gonna be watched with a third eye and untrustable. Well, because two teams. it's two teams that will. Yeah, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Now they gonna <laughs> like him. He got to stay with the Chiefs. Like he, whatever they got. To, if they <laughs> offer him a minimum deal, he got to be like, all right, I'm Lord. here with y'all because everybody else gonna be like, I don't know about you, bro. Right, man. Like after <laughs> this, like, woo, boy, I'm a, I, you know, uh, I. If I sign you, I'm gonna sign you and have a way out, three ways out. You know what I mean, and and have, probably have you taking a lot of test, a lot, lot of te tests at the same damn time. You know right. what I mean? Because that's just right. crazy. Right. But Chicago Bears and Caleb Williams, mm. right? So it seems the Chicago Bears are clearing the way to draft a number one quarterback with the number one pick, assuming it's, it'd be Caleb Williams, and it's pretty much documented. You know, everybody's picking it up and saying the Atlanta Falcons pretty much made a deal with the Chicago Bears to bring in Justin Fields, as we talked about previously last time, right? Mm -hmm. And I that was what I said that should happen, and that was the best move for Atlanta Falcons and Justin Fields because, you know, Justin Fields, he's an Atlanta guy, and he will love. He's a, you know, dual-threat quarterback, and he needs a little bit of, 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 needs to continue to uh to get better right right so hopefully this coach coaching staff can make him and, and help him get better right. right and we also said that he needs he will probably come on the team and not be the starter mm -hmm. so that was that's probably what ended up happening because Atlanta Falcons are still in the loop for a quarterback you know what right. I mean right a veteran and a young gunner Right. right. So my question is, it will will Caleb Williams be a boom or bust? Right. If he's the number one pick to the Chicago Bears. My stance on Caleb Williams, um, I think he's a great athlete, right? Uh he's proven that he can play. Last last year he had he threw for thirty six hundred yards, right? Thirty mm -hmm. touchdowns, five interceptions, eighty two QBR, right? QBR rating. Right. So by all on paper and everything he's done in college, he deserves the first pick, right? But hold on, as a football player, when I evaluate him and say, is he my guy that's gonna take me to the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know, right? I, I'm not sure about that. Um, it takes more than athleticism, as you know, it takes precision, it takes heart, it takes guts. And I'm not saying he doesn't have all this stuff, but have I seen the complete? I haven't seen it yet. Now I think he's still growing. I think he's he, you know, he can still mature a lot, but I yeah. haven't seen it yet. I don't want to put him in the bus category, but I'm not, I don't think if I'm the GM, I'm not drafting him number one. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, you may be motivated to do that because you saw a similar quarterback in CJ Stroud last year. So your hopes are high. But you also saw a similar situation with Justin Fields where you got an athletic quarterback, but it's not working. So I'm just saying, me personally, I'm not taking him 
first pick. I'm not going to call him a bust. I just think he may be like two or three years away. So if you bring him into a situation where he has to play right now, I'm not too confident about that. And that's what makes people bust because if you're not ready to play right now, even though you got the intangible assets, they're going to label you a bust. You get me what I'm saying? Like you don't have time to sit and wait as a top pick. You got to be ready to go. So that's why I come with it. I'm not going to call him a bust, though. Okay, so boom or bust? Bust. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go with it. You gave me one. You said boom or bust? I'm going to go with bust then. Okay, he's not worth the first pick right now. So I'm going to go with bust. <laughs> you I don't want to give him a bust right now. Okay, bust. <laughs> you put me in a corner. Like, I don't that's want to straddle the That's the, the question. Hey, that was the whole question. Boom, okay. bust. All right. I got to okay, go bust. Let me, so, so let me give you my take on it. For, okay. and, and, you know, we might have similar opinions, right? Uh, right? So my thing is, first of all, Caleb Williams, getting drafted to Chicago Bears, we all know that's the Windy City. It is probably one of the most coldest environments to have to play in and adjust and adjust to. Telling you as a Florida boy, and this is a you know kid in California, ready to surf. You know what I mean. So adjusting adjusting to the cold is is a challenge in itself. Being able to operate and throw the ball and play how you want to play, and how you need to play, and how you used to playing, is going to be a whole different set of challenges for that young man. That's the one. That's one of the negatives I see going on. And then the the second negative is is He's 6'1, 216. 6'1, 216, if the measurements are correct, you know, what I looked up. My thing is durability. How durable will this quarterback be if he's if he has to play and lead the Chicago Bears for 17 games or 17 week season in the NFL? And the way he plays and he goes out there and put his body on the line and things like that and try to be Superman and superhero. I don't know how long. He will last doing it. And of course, you come to the NFL, he will get developed and be, and get better and better and better. But I don't know, man. You got, you know, these six, seven, 285 pounds with six, eight wingspans grabbing you, falling on you for 17 weeks, four hours uh, a game each week. I think that was going to be the, this going to be the biggest challenge. But other than that, I just see him as a as a bus. I don't I don't see him being that guy that can lead, like you say, lead a team to the Super Bowl or revamp a team. You know, all the all the hype was good. I the hype made it that way and made it seem as if he's gonna be that guy. Now he's a credit incredible talent. Right. But when it comes down to execution in the NFL, it's totally different than just being a talent. And y'all have we have to understand that. But I wouldn't be surprised if as we get closer to the draft, they say, mm, Caleb Williams is not our guy. Right. I think we're going to go with Drake May. You know what I mean? And that's the kid from out of North Carolina. He's more the prototype, not as not a dual threat as much as Caleb Williams and other athletes and stuff like that. But I think they're gonna they're gonna start looking, going back to looking for uh quarterbacks that are gonna execute the offense and and run the offense the way it needs to be ran in order to help these teams get better and better. So Caleb Williams, there's a lot of hype behind him, and he has the NIL and the name and all those good things. But, you know, with the with, and, and his attitude, you know, he, you know the, the PR, his PR right. team tried to come back and act like he won't have any problems being the Chicago Bears. But we already know, and he already expressed his desires and said from his uh, social media accounts or wherever it came from that, he doesn't want this team to draft him. Right. That type of attitude with what I'm seeing, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's one of those, uh, you know, those Hollywood players. We call Hollywood. And, right. and that's another thing. Now you got to relate to your team and your players and, and, and your, your teammates. How are they going to receive you? That's a whole another issue that he has to, uh, uh, you know, overcome. So right. oh, all in all, Caleb Williams, um, I don't know. It's gonna be very sketchy with him. It's gonna be very well. Sketchy. I don't. I don't know about North Carolina May. I saw him play in person against NC State, and it did <laughs> not look good. I'm just gonna be honest with you. You're but, right. but I will say this: the NFL they draft right off of three things: off of team needs, right, team wants, right, right. and best available. 
Right. So maybe he falls in the best available category. So somebody may do it. It's like, all right, he's a generational talent, so we just got to take him. However, a lot of people, if you see this on draft, they don't be surprised. A lot of people trading out of their first pick. They wait, and they, he starts sliding because the need for him is like, uh, we don't value him at that point. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see as, as he goes. Outside yeah. of the whole fiasco, he's in, he's in the headlines now for not having an agent. I'm not saying he don't need an agent, but mm-hmm. he's in the whole thing. It's like, you don't have an agent. It's just always something off the field that he's going through. That right. it's like, all right, let's see what's going it's on. It's one of those players, man. But watch out for the pro days. The pro days are pro, uh, mostly when the top picks and quarterbacks, you know, throw the ball and, and NFL executives get to see more of them. So we will find out more when those pro days come and understand what teams want exactly what quarterback. So, right. you know, stay tuned and we, uh, we'll follow up with that story. We'll follow up with that story. Oh, Demar Hamlin, man, Demar Hamlin. We remember uh, the miracle, the miracle football player, Demar Hamlin. You know, passed away on the field, or what? You know, whatever happened, losses, you know, losses, senses, and things like that. And they they revised him. They they brought him back to life right there in front of our eyes, and you know, it was a miracle, miracle. Great football player, and now then he was able to come back and still play football. Actually, suit up, make contact. And be a physical football player now. Nah, this is, this is not typical. This is, woo, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless this man, and he was able to do that. And now he's here, and now he's talking, and now he's expressing his desires. And Demar Hamlin's dream is to finish his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He expressed this. He expressed these desires while he is still under contract with the Buffalo Bills. How does this sit with the team? Right. Like, how does this sit with the team, EP? Right. Well, it's, it's, it's first of all, like you say, God bless this man. We saw a miracle on the field. Like, it was 17 minutes without him breathing and having a heartbeat, which is yeah. unrealistic. It's to the point mm-hmm. to where when I went to the NFL Honors um, celebration at the Super Bowl last year in Arizona, they gave him an award, right? So he walked out on the stage and you can feel like, any, uh, you know, the as energy. a spiritual man, you could feel it like, it's really him. Like, I don't want to say like you see a dead man walking, but it's like a miracle in person. You could feel that energy of him walking on the stage. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. So he has that impact, right? Right. And it's still a phenomenal story. Like you say, God right. bless. It will always be. It will always be. Yeah. That's, that story is legendary. We'll go down in, in one of the most legendary stories of NFL history. You'd, right. You've been resuscitated to life in life in, on, on national television. You know the, what I mean? The whole world watching. Not just the nation. The world was watching. <laughs> the that, whole bro. world's watching. The whole so. world was like, wow. So you felt that. So now let's fast forward back to business, right? They kept him on the roster, right? They didn't have to because he wasn't in the fourth year. He, he didn't have a guaranteed contract. So, but they kept him on, right? He, they did the right thing. However, son, he's not playing, right? He's not. They only had him active a few games last year, right? right? So with that being said, there's two parts to it. The first part mm-hmm. is, yeah, you don't say stuff like that when you're <laughs> under contract, Right. If I was, if I played with Cincinnati, started my career there, and I was there, and I got down to Jacksonville, and I don't really like Jacksonville like that, right? I'm not gonna be under contract at Jacksonville and say, "Man, that's Cincinnati, boy. That's my dream. I hope I can play there again." When I'm not gonna say that, even if I right. felt it, right? It's just bad mm-hmm. business. But mm-hmm. from his standpoint of view, maybe he see the writing on the wall, my brother, and maybe he see like, I think this is the end of the road of my career. And I'm not going to have a voice in a minute. So let me just put it out there because the chances of a somebody else taking him, I'm just my opinion with those risk factors of hard and stuff like that. I don't know if another team would take him. So it's like the, I respect them for it because it's from that perspective. I think it's his last shot. Like if he never got hurt or never had that situation, dumbest thing ever to say. But in his situation is like, bro, you could probably see the writing on the wall. You don't know if you're going to have a chance. Boy, I wouldn't mind playing with the Pittsburgh still. That's like a lifetime dream because mm-hmm. he he sees it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, it, it, 
yeah, like you said, that has to be one of the worst things you can do as a player under contract for one team. You know, you putting the feeling out there. You putting the feeling out there for your team and your your coach to understand your your desires of your heart. He's a walking miracle. He he feels like he can have any all the desires of his heart. He just came back to life. You know, big ups to him. You understand? But at the end of the day, you got to respect your job. You have to respect your boss. And this is not a way to feel like your boss and your team is respected. Another another crazy situation. And you know, uh, like you said, if, if that's your dream. And that's the way you want to end your career. It's a way to say it and a way to do it. Now, another thing you, you did right. say that makes a lot of sense that you might see the writing on the wall. You might understand that I'm not going to make this team. And he was inactive. He barely played and people was expecting him to play a lot and things like that. So maybe he's reaching out. Maybe Mike Tomlin and somebody hear him and he wants him, wants these people to have favor for him. Right. See how I go, but to me, he won't make the roster. Right, 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 right. All right, all right. How about this? I'm gonna give. I got a story for everything, brother. So how about this? At the end of the Jacksonville Jaguar season, even though I had a good season, I was out there playing. The coach told me, "Hey, Elton, great job this year, man. We weren't expecting that. You came in mid-season. You was able to do some good things for us. All right, all right, coach. What we got? I'm, another two-year deal. What we finna do?" Well, you know things might not be the same next year. This is the exit physical. So for all of you guys that don't know, after the season, we have exit physicals and you talk to your team about business and health and all that stuff or your coach. He said things may not be the same like they were this year, next year. We had some ends hurt, so they're coming back. Oh, EPC, the writing on the wall. Like, are you telling me I'm not going to be here? So how about that, Zump? Maybe in January after play, after um, still is, you know, after they was done, the coach is like, hey, man, um, great story. The chances of us signing you are not going to be great this year. Some Something like that. He goes in. He knows information we don't know or the public don't know. So now he wants to get ahead of free agency and be like, well, I sure would have a dream of playing with Pittsburgh. And nobody's offended in Buffalo because they already told him he's not coming back. You get what I'm saying? Similar to my situation. So it may be so, yeah. different on that side. So let me go on the podcast and express my desires in front of everybody. Let my teammates know, let my coaches know, everybody know that I want to be a damn stiller and that's where I want to retire at. So let's make it happen. Right. Right. No. You see, he didn't say no. have a long career. He didn't say have a long career. No. He said retire. That can be one year. No. Let me call my agent, whoever my agent. Hey, man, can you reach out to Mike Tumlin them or the GM for Pittsburgh Steelers and, and let them know that I I really want to play for them. I want to end my career there and right. see if they have any interest or something like that. That's right. the best way to do it. Now you can you play both sides. Other than that, Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott, I'm going to tell you now, Sean McDermott ain't liking that. He don't want to hear no outside type shit going on. Right. He want to hear the Buffalo Bills and what we're going to do to win the Super Bowl. Because he said, this is his words, it's not about if we will win the Super Bowl, it's about when we will win the Super Bowl. Those are the right. words for Sean McDermott. So he don't want to hear no outside negativity, anything talking about you want to lead his team and be somewhere else and make somebody else better. Uh-uh. If you want to leave and you want to be there, I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to help you get there really quick. So Lamar Hamlin, that was the wrong thing and the wrong time to say anything. <laughs> you got an agent. EP's agent, if you ain't, if you don't, if you're not comfortable with your agent and the things, things like, I don't know if I should be doing that, but whatever. Right. That was the bad idea, brother. You need a friend to, to bring you back from miracle days. The miracle days are over. Like, you, you made it, brother. And uh, yeah, man, I, I hope right. I wish you the best. But man, we got we got to humble ourselves down a little bit out here. This social media and podcast got people going crazy. Think you just say whatever you want. Saying you always everything. say whatever you want. Don't say what needs to be said. I'm I will protect you. You come around here, and I'll be like, ah. I'm going to take that out of that, brother. Like, we don't want to say that right now, you know? Hey, everybody else, like, oh, push that through right now. Viral moment. Yeah, you know what I mean? Give me more. Yeah. You you, you, you like the Steelers? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, well, what's so good about them? What, what you don't like about Buffalo? Then, then now you done fell, fell into a little trap, and you keep talking. You don't know how to talk yourself out of it. Right, 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 right. right. So, I, I feel you on that. I got you. So if y'all haven't heard, man, it's a woman going viral. Huh? 
man, I, it hurts me to even say this. It's like, whoo, it's like, even bring it out. If y'all haven't heard, there's a woman going viral who won an $832,000 claim from an injury settlement, car crash, and things like that. And somehow has the money taken back from her. Wow. Let, let me give y'all a little, little bit on this. There's a woman named Camila Kam- Grapska. I'm trying to pronounce her name right. Camila Grapska. She's right. from Ireland. Ireland, Ireland yeah. right? She yep. sued the RSA insurance company because of a car accident she had or she was involved with in 2017. Now, because of the car accident, she was unable to work for five years. Now, Camila represented that she wasn't able to work for five years and was awarded $832,000 because of her injuries. Now, imagine you finally get the opportunity for a big payday. You've been working so hard for to make sure this claim go through and, you know, being honest at, at the same time, just to screw it up. Why? Because you want to go throw some damn trees. You want to go tree corn. This lady lost her claim, allegedly. All this allegedly, but it's, it's well documented. She <laughs> lost her claim because they caught her in a tree throwing contest. She was so excited to go throw trees that she lost $832,000. Man. I'm going to just tell you first. First and foremost, if I was her child, son, daughter, or whatever, and our life isn't so good and we're struggling and this and that, and I found out we won this money, and now you lost it because you wanted to go out there and throw some goddamn trees, I'm running away. I'm telling you straight up, I'm running away. I'm running away. I'm let you understand how much pain you has caused upon me and how upset I am. And I'm running away. And I'm dead serious. And I don't know when you're gonna find me. And I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you hurt the same way I hurt it. Because this was our chance to make it out of struggles and, and get out our situation. I ain't gonna say we in the hood, because ain't, ain't no telling where we're living at, but make our situation better. But you ass want to go throw some damn trees. This is terrible. Now, this is part of sports. It's still a sport. It's, 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 it's a game. <laughs> it's a competition. But oh, damn, EP, how do you crazy. explain that? You've been fighting I, for this I, five plus years. Oh, man. I don't think you can explain. It was the craziest thing. It's sad. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of sad at the same time because it's like, you already awarded. They have already settled out the amount. And 832000 for lack of better terms, is a million dollars, right? It's a million dollar check, right? And the reason why it's a million dollars, because I don't think, don't quote me on this, I'm not a tax professional. You're right. I don't, You're right. I don't think they take taxes out of settlements. Nope. I don't think. So that's pretty much over, that's like a $1.2 or $1.3 million check. Jeez. And you gave it up or risked it or risked it for a tree throwing competition. Listen to here, son. Let me tell you what all she had done though. Right. Mm-hmm. She was in the car crash. She wrote in the thing. She couldn't carry children. Right. Mm-hmm. She said she couldn't do household chores. They have all this uh, stuff documented. Right. Yeah. I can't do any of this. And they believed her. They like, man, let's just go in and settle out. And she went and entered. It wasn't like, okay, my Christmas tree it's old. Let me go throw it in the backyard. And somebody called her PI, probably the big investigator caller. She went and joined a contest where somebody got her mid motion and throwing a tree out. Oh, and they like, nope, no money for you. That got to be the worst day. That got to be the worst day. That got to be the worst day. Just sit down. You know, when you sitting back and you high side and you by yourself in that room and in, in, in the room in the dark. You think to yourself, that has this has to be the worst, dumbest thing I ever did. She's gonna feel so bad about herself. It's like right. not only did she fuck up the baggy peak, <laughs> now she probably gonna face criminal charges. Oh. This is insurance fraud. Oh, I ain't think about that part. Yeah, and that's that's you might face criminal charges charges. Right. Yeah, because bad. you decided, and this is what she's gonna think about in the room when it's dark. I wanted to go throw a fucking tree. <laughs> I could have been in my room throwing anything I wanted to damn throw, but I wanted to go throw 
a damn tree. That's an $832,000 tree you threw, lady. Right. You were throwing $832,000 trees. You understand that? <laughs> hey, please. Wait, Jesus. Right. Hey, Listen, the goal for all my people who have pending um, litigation against settlements, right? Their goal is to not pay you, no matter how much insurance you got. They're trying not to pay you. They're stalling you out. Five years is a long time. I get it. You get bored. You want to do something. I don't know why you, you want to throw trees, but you want to do. You can't do it. When you at the tail end, you don't put in five years. You got to sit down, close the doors. You just you got you got to stay strong and though. And she couldn't. She broke. She. I don't. I, I can't wait to hear her story. What she says. Why? Oh man. It's gonna be something uh, crazy, and you like you know if she if she if she's uh subpoenaed and things like that, she gotta take a deposition, and she's gonna have to tell uh, her story, and now you have alleged more perjury charges coming if you don't get your story together. You know what I mean? Have everything understanding, but like I said, now you fucked. Not only did you fuck up the bag, right? Now you have to pay an attorney. To help these charges not stick. Mm, I forgot Dang. about it. So you're in the red. So you're going negative now because you got to protect yourself. Life and pay the... uh, yeah, it's just bad. Life just yeah. hit her at full circle, right in the ass. It went just like this and just boom. <laughs> like, God damn. Man, I hey, that's funny. Hey, if, if y'all any friends, anybody in Ireland see this, you know, make sure y'all check on her daily. Not maybe every other hour. Y'all need to check on her because she, yeah, she, she having problems. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's funny. But um, I don't know. Uh, everybody talked about LeBron situation. You know, Bronny James not on the, mm -hmm. the draft board in the twenty, what twenty this year's draft, twenty twenty four draft, and things like that. And moving to the twenty twenty five draft, and we're not sure what a lot of people talked about and things like that. But we have to say what needs to be said, and things like that don't say what needs to be said. So, because, right. you know, I had a son, obviously, who's in the NFL, and he's a junior, and we all have the same, you know, type of desires and aspirations and things like that, you know? So, like, a, a lot of us pro athletes have kids we hope can make it to the big leagues. That's just plain and simple. One day. Right. And, and we all desire that, and hopefully one day these kids make it to the big league and can play alongside of us, their fathers, and things like that. But this isn't always the case. And I can right. name... Plenty of NFL players and NBA players who had kids and juniors and things like that who didn't make it to the big leagues and and follow their dad's footsteps. It's hard to follow your dad's footsteps or, or or be a better athlete than than your dad. It's not too many kids that that have done it. You know what I mean? I mean when the, when the father's a superstar, you know it's, it's it's very hard to achieve, right? Right. Right. So we got LeBron James and Bronny James. Right. And Bronny James comes out and wants, you know, making he's making all type of statements. He's trying to praise the kid and, and, and make him bigger than life. And then at the same time, he's trying to protect the kid. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you got to you got to play. You got to figure out what he, how you're going to handle these situations, because you're the, the megastar who's bringing all this attention to your child. But right. I'm not, I don't really want to talk about Bronny James. Right. Because he needs to learn this lesson, and I'm sure he already have learned from, from how he handled this Bronny James situation and from high school into, into college. So I, my, my question is, and, and what I want him to learn from this is, don't do the same thing and mess it up for Bryce James, the next son who's coming up. Now, Bryce James might end up being a little more successful than Bronny Jr. And... They're both his kids. And, of course, our first kid, we want our first kid to, to be successful. And that's why we, uh, you know, we don't know how many kids we're going to have. And we named that child Junior and things like that. So we're, we're pushing for that kid and hopefully that kid can help our name live on and our legacy and things like that. But mm -hmm. that ain't always God's plans and we can't predict God's plans. And, right. you know, we, we have to accept reality. So now with Bryce James coming along, who is a 6'5", 6'4", almost 6'5", 
you know, has has the frame already because Bronny was like 6'2", you know what I mean, and things like that. So, you know, I hope when Bryce James, when Bryce James comes along and starts to to hit the college ranks, that LeBron lets him be a kid, lets him be a college athlete and stop putting out all the desires of LeBron James senior heart out there and let mm -hmm. these kids just live. I, right. I've been through it. I didn't, you know, say too much. I didn't act like my kid was on top of the world. I didn't try to use my influence to make him, you know, get to where he was at. He he did that on his own. Their talent will speak. You know, when that talent speaks, now the name does, does more for the athlete. But mm -hmm. if the talent can't speak, ain't nothing you can do. You can big it up. You can say, I want him to play with me. And, and you want him to be the number one draft pick. Hey, these teams need the players that going to help these teams win. Point blank, right. period. And if they don't see that in these children, that's the way it is, man. And that's the way it is. So let these kids be kids or hype them up. If you hype them up, understand that comes with the territory. Because once you live, leave high school, it's open. It's open right. season. You are going to be critiqued, criticized heavily, especially if you're a top athlete's kid. So, you know, you got to be built for this. You got to be built for this. Right. Man, listen, here's the deal. LeBron James and Bronny James, I get it. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit over here. Like you said, a dream, a goal is to be able to play with your son. Like, that's so rare to be able to play with your son, right? You had your son pretty young, so the chances of y'all playing together was probably actually higher than a lot of people, right? You would have to play a long time, but you right there, right? The first mm -hmm. time I heard it growing up was Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr., remember them? Back in, yeah, the, yeah. back in the mm -hmm. 90s, like, that was like, dang, that seemed like a cool thing to be able to play with your dad, right? Right. So, now, fast forward. Take LeBron out of the picture, and it's Brian James. Dog, you got to think. You you played basketball for a while. By the time you leave high school, they already know if you have NBA talent. Like, if you had to go to college for a few years in today's game, mm -hmm. they kind of already know. I just went to this thing, OTE Sports, here in Atlanta. And it's all high school kids, bro. It's like a overdose of AAU. They stay there. They got a league. They playing. They go to school there. All of this stuff. And um, Asher and the dude named A-Man, they went like top five in the draft last year. They were out of high school, out of that league, right, OTE. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if Bronny could play there. Right, I'm not even sure. Now he could play right, there, right, right. but I'm not sure if he dominates. These dudes are super athletic. It's, it's one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen in my life because they're super athletic. They're good. They're talented. Yeah. But let's forget all that. A mm -hmm. lot of people are giving Bronny James slack because they're saying he's only getting that consideration because LeBron is father. And I'm like, duh, yes. And it's not a bad thing. I embrace right. that because. It's a once-in-a-chance opportunity. He don't have to go out here and be all – if LeBron James, he say, hey, I'm here, I'm the man, give me one roster spot so I can play with my son. It's just a business at the end of the day. Right. And he's going to get it done. And there's going to be a ton of marketing behind it. Now, I see what you're saying. You got to be careful because you can set your son up for failure when you do that. If he's not mm -hmm. ready, you put him on that big stage, he can mm -hmm. embarrass. But maybe they don't care about that, man. When you make that much money, you accomplish so much – Maybe that's their ride in the sunset. Like, Dad, I wasn't really even trying to go to the league. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even, LeBron, he probably said I was going to retire two years ago. But we right. made it here, and whatever happened, happened. So I embrace it. I, I like it. I'm yeah, cool but like you said, but, but to counteract what you're saying a little bit, but behind closed doors, you know, the mental, the mental, right. the mindset, the emotions that's playing on these kids. Yeah, like you say, in, 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 in the, 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 the world – Everything looks great. I'm, I'm this big star. I have a lot of followers and, and, and things like that. But I'm a competitor. Behind closed doors, I want to be good. I want to be a great basketball player. And you keep hyping me up, Dad, telling me I'm going to be good. And I'm not being good. So keep, stop acting like I'm going to be so great, Dad. Like, I, let me just be who I'm going to be and I'll figure it out. You understand what I'm saying? So, right. you know, there's so many ways that you got to navigate to raising these kids and you play on their emotions they play you play on the emotions man and it's tough yeah you know, it's tough it's and plus tough. they bro they, they 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 say i read something he was going to the arena to play and the whole crowd like 
Bronny James, you suck. Like they going in on him. But just suck. think about that. Just think about that. You a kid, you innocent. Bronny James, you don't even hear much from him. He's not even a talker. He's not a showboat. He's just right. a regular little kid trying to be a kid, just happened to be LeBron James' son. And now for that kid to come into a stadium and hear all this negativity, just because he's going to college, pursuing his career, trying to better himself, Bronny James, you suck. Bronny James, you suck. Yeah, Only I got all the yeah, I got right. a bunch of NIL deals. But when I leave this stadium and I go home and I'm by myself, man, those yeah. things don't feel too good. Right. Who's going to be there to make sure I'm able to fight these things off and not let it get down, get me down and make me feel a certain way about myself? Because, yeah. you know, we all better than that and we all going to deal with criticism and, and things like that. But how do we bounce back? And right. and for the and for the for the... The, the final thoughts of this thing is he came back and he was playing from off of medical condition. Right. That's true. So, too. Uh, yeah, that's you know, point. LeBron James coming out saying, you know, the top draft pick wanted to play. It's like, geez, like the kid just even came back from a medical condition. Why did they even have him on any mock drafts from the beginning? Because right. his name is LeBron James Jr. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, I hope that's what they really understand and see. And and Bronny James understand why did they even have my name on the mock draft from the begin with? From the be to begin with, you know what I mean? I was just coming back from a medical condition, and I'm just getting my feet wet. So, you know, Bron LeBron, don't mess this thing up with Bryce James. Let him live his life, enjoy the moment, enjoy the journey. And then when the time is right to make bold statements, that's when you right. make your bold statement. Right. But if the time isn't right, don't, you know, let the kids be the kids. You'll understand, you'll feel it, you'll know. You'll see them out there averaging the points that they need to average to be that pick. And then you stand up and go crazy. Right. And then right. you know that the time is right. So, you know, that's, that's my uh, advice to LeBron James as a father to a, a junior that, you know, had desires and made it to the NFL and things like that. But, you know, so that's how I look at it. Got it. Oh, hey, man. we got we got D-Pat in the house. He wants to know, Asante, were you asked to be in the Dynasty documentary? Yes, man. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, I was I was asked to be in the Dynasty. If everybody want to know why do you not don't see me, of course, they was called in the big dog. You understand? But unfortunately, I was not answering this call for so long, and it happened to be one of the producers from Apple. And Ty Law finally called me and said, Zunt, man, the producer from such and such want to talk to you about this dynasty thing. Um, you know, get on there and talk your shit. I'm like, he legit? Like, I heard about, you know, I heard him trying to get in touch. Like, it's for real? He's legit? He was like, yeah, bro. I called him back. Then when I called him back, he was leaving, and I had practice, and I couldn't shoot down there to make it to the studio. So I just kind of missed out and things like that. But yeah, they wanted me to be a part of the dynasty. They wanted to hit my part. You was gonna, man, you it was gonna be lit. It was gonna be lit. It was gonna be way better than what it is right now. You got my two cents in there, you know what I mean? And D-Pat, this is not the first opportunity. There's plenty more opportunities that he has missed, right? But we're not gonna speak on it. That's just yes, he. he Yes, I, I'm getting in the groove. I'm getting in the groove. I'm get out there. I'm a, you know what I mean? Sometimes I get caught up in my kids too much, you know, and, 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 I, and I get, I get, you know, right. I be focused. Right. So I, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it all out. Right, all right. There's more. more. More to come. Yeah. Now I want to talk about these Diddy allegations and I want to bring them up, not because of what's all in the document, the court documents and things like that, because Woo, it's some crazy stuff going on and that was alleged and, and being heard and, and was written in, in court documents and things like that. But my thing is, what is the problem with us in the world, America, and, and things like that with power tripping? Like right. everybody that I see in the limelight, everybody wants this power and that nobody's going to do the right thing with it. Everybody wants power to take advantage of people. Right. Right? It seems like if I get the power, the goal is to get the power and make everybody submit to me. Right? Right. I don't understand. There's so many people abuse their power on a daily basis 
and screw things up that we see. We see even the mayor, uh, Henyard from Dalton, Illinois. Y'all heard about her? She's screwing up the whole town. She's now she's in power, you know, and and it's just crazy that when the person that was fighting for power for so long, whether it's a politician, music, music executive, or or a judge or whatever it is, they say the right things mm-hmm. to get in that position of power, and then when they have that authority, now they start taking advantage of it and want people to submit to them, think people should do as they say. Now, same thing with Diddy, right? All these allegations you're hearing, it's all about him being able to control people, make people, men, women, do whatever he wants them to do based on his power. Right. And, you know, I, 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 I see things totally different. Like my point of view is if if I can get power and and say I had a billion dollars. If I had a billion dollars right now, I would probably be figuring out a way to make people's lives better in the, you know, my neighborhood, around my community and things like that. I'm not gonna be here trying to control people, want people to submit to me and things like that. First of all, I don't even want to be that busy, first of all. I wanna be chilling and right. and and chilling and whatnot. You know what I mean? But we have to learn to change our, our mindset and thought process of, of power struggles and, and wanting to control people because the world is not going to get no better with, with people like this in, in our life. And geez, EP. Yeah. Well, what's going on with Diddy, man? Man, Puff Daddy, aka Diddy. It's just brother like love. Brother Love, he done changed it. <laughs> Brother Love, obviously, right? But he done changed his name, and I think he was trying to get ahead because he just changed his name to Brother Love. Not changed it, but say he started going by Love. Right. And it's just a personalities trip, man. It's like the more power you get, the the inner person, who, who you are. They say this. Whoever you are before you get money, you're going to become more of that person when you get the money, right? Mm. So... Mm-hmm. He became a huge icon, right? A lot of years in the game. So now when you're young, it's fun. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. He's getting older. He's trying to keep these young ways of throwing parties and doing this and doing this. He's misleading a ton of people. A lot of people talk bad on which the Bible says you got your name should be just you no know, good in the streets, yeah. right? But he's going opposite, seem like the more fame he gets the more his name and everything's getting degraded. And even mm-hmm. at this point, it's like, bro, you did what? All these people saying this about you? And it's just bad. Now, he can defend himself. We don't know. We weren't there, right? But if you look at what he's doing, it's like he said, like, I don't say he don't do community stuff, but I want to see more of that. Maybe they don't talk about it. I don't know. But I hear about the Diddy party all the time. Well, yeah, that Diddy party, the Diddy party. And it's like, what's your goal to throw the party? Like, think, think about this. Think about it like this. It's one man with all this power. He single-handedly is about to destroy a culture that's going to have to be revamped. Because he was the mega, the mega CEO. Right. He came through this thing with Notorious B.I.G. Everybody wanted to get around Puff. So if you had the chance to hang around Puff, think about how many people are associated or are named in these lawsuits. You know what I mean? You have Stevie J uh, allegedly, Meek Mills allegedly. Uh, right. uh, you got so many people, the Little Rod guy. You got Usher allegedly. You, I mean, there's so many people, big people that, because Puff is Puff. So he right. has the power to bring these people around. Then you have Columbus Short and, and so on and so forth. People saying, uh, I think that was his name. He at, did he ask them to come to the hotel at 2 a.m. in the morning? Right. And it's like, what the hell is going on? Like, and and this the worst part about it for me. This is the worst part about it. We just talking about our kids and our seeds, our juniors, and you know, things protecting them and wanting them to, to be better in life, right? Right. And then all your shenanigans going on. Now your son is allegedly dragged into this lawsuit. 
Mm-hmm. Innocent young man trying to find his way, following his daddy's footsteps, not really knowing no better. Uh-huh. And now he has a whole situation. Yeah. You know, I just hate the the fact that we are caught up in in the power struggle. Every time I hear people say about power, I hear them say what they would do, and it's and it's not nothing to help anybody better, get better, or a community get better. It's always saying, uh, I would make this person do this, I would do this, out and so on and so forth. And it's just a mentality we have. We have it, you know, crab in the bucket mentality that right. we need to change. And right. man, did he? I don't know how he's gonna get out of this, but. If y'all don't see uh, Meek Mill on, on, on Twitter, man, he been tweeting for 30 hours because <laughs> that man between 30 hours because the, the, the lawsuit, what the lawsuit said, the lawsuit say uh, is a, a rapper from Philly that used to date M- M- Nicki, Nicki Minaj. And everybody oh. know. <laughs> right. Everybody know that's Meek Mill. Right. And boy, he is trying to defend himself. And it's like, dog, like, what? <laughs> Just chill. Less is more. <laughs> yeah, less is more, right? You know what I mean? So less is more. But uh yeah, man. Um we gotta do better. We gotta do better. Have you right. ever seen or heard about Tom Brady? Wow, man. This is crazy. I want to talk about this, right? You know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he you know, him and his ex-wife, his gorgeous ex-wife, Giselle uh Bushland, however you say uh a last name. I don't, I'm not good with pronouncing names and things like that. But he was cheated on. It comes out that he was cheated on. The great Tom Brady. City boys, we ne- we not safe. If Tom Brady get cheated on by after 14 years, with with the uh, she cheated allegedly with the jiu-jitsu teacher. She was training. A trainer, right? Yes, a trainer. City boys, we not safe. I don't understand. And, you know, I wanted to bring this up to say, and I'm not, I don't know the timeline. They trying to put the timeline around 2022, 2021. But I'm going to put this out there. Now, Tom Brady, because they, they, his last season with Tampa Bay, everybody says, right. you know, they seen the difference. They could see in the wear and tear and the mental anguish that was going on. And, you know, they could see it in his face and body language. But, right. Before that, in 2020, in the video and all that was going on, mm-hmm. if he was getting cheated on and still won the Super Bowl, <laughs> Lord have mercy, this man is the greatest <laughs> player to ever play the game, uh, right. to play sports, period. He, if, if, right. if, if Tom Brady was getting cheated on in 2020 when they won the Super Bowl in Tampa and still won that Super Bowl, it's all allegedly, right. he's going to go down. As the greatest player to ever play sports, period. Think about that. Woo, right, boy. Right, right. right, EP? Yeah. If he nah, was getting you... cheated on during the, the vid year, everything is closed down. You barely can practice, can't see each other. And you find out during the season, whenever, that my wife uh, is cheating on me. How you feel about that, brother? How you feel about that? that? That's tough, man. But Tom Brady. If you think about it, though, if you think it, there's no excuses out here, but life be what they say, life be life sometimes. So if Tom Brady's out and you say he's that great of a player, he's that much of a student of the game, that means he's that much away from the house. Right. And now women getting comfortable. Right. And I'll say this. People who's not that involved with the game, they have a balance between life and work. He's probably at the stadium all the time. Now, I'm not giving nobody a pass, but. It's just a tough scenario. It's almost like the sacrifice you have to pay to be great in this game and be considered the greatest ever. You probably neglect it home a little bit. I don't know her story. Maybe is it? I don't. I'm not saying the Bible says you shouldn't cheat. Period. But right. all I'm saying is that it's just a tough scenario, man. And for him to still go out there and play the level of play that he did, and but you can see it though. You remember all that weight he lost? His jaw yeah. was like sucked in. But it's like, like, man, it's tough. (laughs) But it's like, you know who you was marrying. You knew what I do. You knew what it takes for me to be great. And I so so I spend a lot of time playing, you know, at the facilities, perfecting my craft. And one day you decide that you're lonely and you can't take it no more. 
and you signed up for this, and now you say, I'm not happy. I need some attention because you're gone. Man, no, you didn't say it. She, we... she didn't say it. Obviously, that's the problem. She didn't say it. They didn't communicate. <laughs> Communication is the key. <laughs> that's obviously looks like if the she problem. She would have said it. Right. It probably would have been whoa, a different whoa, whoa, scenario. Whoa, 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 but hold on. But hold on. But she was. And and now there, I guess this is the front. If more and more we get into this media game, we're going to learn about what they do and the things that they. So if you if you remember, she came out with the PR stunt and was like, I need Tom Brady to retire for his family right now or oh, yeah, it's going to be over with. And I now mean. it comes out, you with the jiu-jitsu uh, trainer, and that's who you was cheating with, allegedly. Right, you know right. what I mean? So yeah. you use that stunt to fool everybody because you fooled me. I was like, yeah, right. go ahead and retire, Brady. Go be with the family. Like, goddamn, how much more you need right. to accomplish? And now that was a whole PR stunt. One no goddamn, uh, 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 we won't worry about him retiring. Because if he were tired, he would have been home more. And right. you couldn't see jiu-jitsu uh, man over there. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to read between the lines. And we're learning how to play this game. We're going to learn these right. PR stunts and things like that. But once again, I just have to say, because that is some awesome shit. I know it's, <laughs> sometimes you got to learn how to take a, a negative and turn it into some, to a positive. That is some <laughs> awesome shit. If Tom Brady was getting cheated on in 2020 during the vid year, uh, and, and 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 with the at a new team and still was able to win the Super Bowl. God damn, that man is awesome. That is a damn well, awesome football player right there, boy. God, maybe that's dog, why he bro. did. Maybe that's why he was at the stadium all the time. Then he already knew what was going on. He just like my yeah. getaway, right? Let me stay focused. But it, yeah, we talk we talk about that and we said it talk about it a lot. And we we talk about players that spend a lot of time. At the, at the facilities. And we learn about that because these players don't know how to, I don't want to say be happy at home. They don't know how to be comfortable at home. So they, they right. run and, and keep looking for avenues to, you know, I guess to, to exert some energy and things like that, or, you know, to, to stay away. And, you know, that's a problem for a lot of people, man. Um, myself included, you know, nobody's exempt. You play a sport, have a routine for so long, um, you know, and then this routine is over with, and now you have nothing but idle time on your hands. What do you do with it, and and, and how do you time manage and, and make everybody happy? You know, so these these are issues that real issues that us as football players go through, and it's just life after football too. It's life right, after life football. after football. How was life after football for you? That was a good one, Lee P. Your last your last season, mm -hmm. if you remember. You were probably right. still expecting to get picked up, right? Then life after football hit you. How how did that how did that go? Loss, depression, like sad. Like, what am I going to do? And I don't want to say like. Let me be light on that depression word. I'm sorry because that is a strong word. Yeah. It wasn't depression. It was just depressed. Maybe you was a little depressed or not knowing what my next move or step lost. That's the word I want to use. Lost. What lost. am I going to do? Which is the time I spent a lot of time down there in Miramar in Fort Lauderdale because it was like, let me find myself. And I had no clue what I was going to do, by the way. I didn't know I was going to be an agent. Um, I was a real estate. So I was like, let me focus on real estate. But it's like, is this what I really want to do? So they say every football player after they retire, spend two years trying to figure out like, what am I going to do next? Regardless of the amount of money you got. So yeah. it, it's a tough scenario. What am I going to do? So, and I wasn't married at the time. I didn't even have a girlfriend. So imagine if I'm trying to go through that mentally and my wife or someone is like, you're not even used to being around nobody that much all of a sudden. So even though it's your wife, you kind of got to get to know her. So it's a big transition. And the NFL right. used to have this program. They don't have it anymore, I don't think. But it's called transition from the NFL. So you would have to do it within two years of retiring because they know a lot of people go through that. So mm -hmm. I personally yeah. had to fight through and I said, let me find some direction. I was like, well, let me go back to school. Once I went back to UCF, got my master's, I kind of started going with my life. But a lot of yeah. people have a hard time adjusting. Yeah. I mean, me, yeah. I, like you say, nobody's uh, exempt from that. I'm definitely included. My last year was uh, 2013. You know, I had lost my mom. Oh, man, life was just crazy. I was totally lost. It, like you say, he, 
Most players, they say two years. It probably took me eight, nine years to figure out things. I was just lost running around and like a chicken with my head cut off. And But, you know, mm-hmm. never give up. Never give up. Right. And, you know, sometimes money and, and things like that doesn't solve everything. You need your right. your soul. You need your your, your team. You need your, your foundation. And that your was family. most important. Family is always important. Family yeah. kept me strong, man. My family, being around my mom, my family, my sisters, my right. brother. That's just like, okay, I'm home. It's cool. So, yeah. right. But I feel bad yeah. for people who don't have that family environment. That's what, that's what I'm saying. When he had his family, my main family member, I didn't have her to run to like I usually had. So that was, a, that was like you said, that was the adjustment in itself. Football, I could go run to that. And, and you know, when football's over with, I can go run to you, mom. Now, mama not there. I ain't got nowhere to run to. So now right. I gotta stick, you know, stick my chest up and learn how to, you know, just suck it up and deal with it and be a man on my own and understand that powerful lady you used to have just not there. She's there in the spirit, but not the physical, right. you know. So yeah. Right. Life after football is definitely challenging, man. So uh y'all know any people out there that uh is dealing with that, you know. Give them a salute, help them out, and let them know you understand what they're going through. And you might be there for them if you possibly can be. So, you know, right. any words for the night, brothers, Thursday night vibes? Thursday night vibes. Man. Hey, you know, we could almost do a whole show on that, by the way, but that's another day. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, yeah. man, we good, man. We're going to roll into the weekend, man. It's NFL combine right now. So it's a exciting time, a little football with the athletes showcasing what they can do. I think the D-line yeah. um, is working out right now. That's always, I think, the fastest D-line time. Um, it's the it's the kid from Port Chop, I think his name is ran a four four as a DN four four eight, which Woo! is blazing, right? As Man. a DN, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's exciting time, but it'll be on for the next few days, right? Uh, I think it ends mm-hmm. on like Monday or Tuesday, right? Right. And we're gonna definitely give you the updates and let y'all know the winners and losers from the combine, who made, who boosted their stock went crazy, and who stock might have went down and things like that. Right. And combine to me is overrated. It's been overrated and always going to be overrated because all they want to see who is fast. And I went out there and I ran a 4-5-1, 4-5-2 to be exact, two times. And guess what? Guess what? And 4-5-1 or 4-5-2 didn't tell nobody I was going to have 51 interceptions, 50 in the first 10 years and breaking right. records and all those things. So they should have been looking at my footwork and my, my ball skills instead of my goddamn speed, and they would have known better. <laughs> but you got these people up there that ain't never played football that don't, don't know how to evaluate football. But I ain't going to keep going because I can preach on and preach on and preach on because, you know, I'm him. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we're, we're saving for Monday. <laughs> yeah, we're going to save for Monday. We're going to go off on, on these people that's overlooking the raw talent because the raw talent is out there. And they just looking for that speed. Speed kills. Now, don't get it twisted. Speed kills. But you got to have speed at the right position. You can't have a cornerback that just run right past the goddamn receiver and the receiver catching the ball in front of him. God damn it. So you got to know how to use speed. You know what I mean? Don't just put speed out there and the speed don't know how to control the speed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. Just having a little fun with y'all before we go, man. So Thursday night five, man. That was a, it was fun, man. It's a wrap. We're going to see y'all again on Monday. Be there. A B square. We out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.